Hello, welcome to Wartime Theology, a show recorded from the campus of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina, where a group of Reformed Christians tackle theological and societal issues for the glory of God. The purpose of this podcast is to converse about issues that are important to the evangelical community and seek to provide insightful commentary that ultimately brings glory to Christ and helps upbuild the Christian listener. We ask and answer the questions everyone is afraid to tackle with open Bibles. If you have any topics you'd like to discuss, be sure to DM us on our Instagram account at Wartime Theology. Today, our topic is the punishment of sin. We're going to be talking about what punishment is, what it isn't, why God does that punishing, and also why it's important to talk about the punishment of sin. Wonderful. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for having mercy on us, for adopting Josh and I into your family, Lord, for showing us undeserved grace in the person and work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Lord, would you let us speak rightly about you today? Would you let us not put our own thoughts as fact or esteem our own thoughts more highly than we should? God, would would your scriptures speak loudest And would you let us fade into the background and and simply put the scriptures up to the mic and let it speak for itself, Lord. You are good. We praise you as not only redeemer and provider, creator, we also worship you as judge and punisher, as the executioner, Lord. We, We worship you. You punish the wicked of which we were among. And we praise you for all aspects of your character, even the ones that make us uncomfortable, even the ones that we don't we don't like in our sinful nature, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for your justice and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have a little scripture here. We're going to read from Revelation 20 to start off. Now this is in verse 11 to 15. Then I saw a great white throne in him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So our first question is, what is the punishment of God and how does God punish? Well, referenced many, many times throughout Scripture is this place all of us have heard about. This place we all have an idea of called hell. Jesus talked about it. You said Jesus talked about it more than he talked about heaven. Yeah. Um, you search the scriptures, you, you will show that that is true. Uh, he warned against it. He didn't want people to go there. He told them, he warned them about about hell. And he talked about it a lot. A specific example is in Matthew 25, verses 41 through 46, when Jesus says... Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for by the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. 
naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do to one of these, to the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This instance is right after Jesus talks about the other group of people who... um, are on the right of the throne of God and God looks at them and he says, you know, blessed are you. You're going to have this eternal inheritance. You are going to be blessed forever because we're going to get to spend eternity with, with one another in this awesome fatherly relationship, this intimate relationship that you will, that you were created to enjoy and now you get to enjoy it forever. And that is the reward for your trust and faith in me. And then he, um, like I just stated, He turns to the others and he says, Just as they are getting this awesome blessing, you are getting this awesome punishment. You are getting this eternally eternally lasting punishment that never ends and that you rightfully deserve for your for your sin. Right. And God when he gives out this punishment, the the reason why he gives out this punishment is because of what we spoke on last episode. Right. Right? The sinfulness of man. Men are depraved is what we is the point we tried to get across last episode and the point that the scriptures make over and over again, that men are depraved, they are evil, and their nature is rebellion. Their nature is rebellion against good things, against God. That is their nature. That's what they continually do. And because of that, you know, God, it doesn't just look at the injustice that man creates and says, you know what, Eh, I'll forgive them, it'll be fine. No, he looks at them and says, man, they deserve to be punished. I'm going to set things right, and I'm going to I'm going to punish the the antagonist in the story. And Satan obviously is a big antagonist in the yeah. full story, um, and he will be judged most harshly. But we are we are the antagonist just alongside him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Bible says that naturally children of the devil. Mm. And therefore, we're going to go to the same place that he is because we're his children. Mm. And so if we die in our sins, then we, we're still children of de- the devil. And he has to punish us the same way he's going to punish the devil. Yeah, Ephesians 2. I was, uh, I'm in Ephesians 2 this week uh, for my devotional. And in the, in the first four verses, it talks about, uh, there's one, I think it might be verse four, but it says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following yeah. the prince of the power of the air, right? Paul is clear that before people repent and are and become Christians, their nature was quote unquote, following the prince of the power of the air. They're following, they're not, they're not passive towards Satan or like, oh yeah, I kind of like Satan. They're following him in the, in the same, in the same way that, that, uh, that Christians are, are following Jesus. They are following Satan. They love Satan and they adore him and then they adore what he does for them because they're, you know, men loved darkness rather than light. Yeah. You know? This really builds off of the first two episodes that we did on the gospel, which is the holiness of God and the depravity of man. Mm-hmm. You know, both of these show us why there has to be such a punishment mm. for hell. Yeah, and um, this past year, my church, 
graciously allowed me to preach. And one of the points that I think was clear in the scriptures was, you know, a lot of people today want to say, uh, want to paint this picture of the gospel that like Jesus died on the cross and he did it because he loves you, period. Like there was, there's nothing, there's nothing behind Jesus dying on the cross other than he loves you. That's the only reason. But it's like, okay, but why did he have to die? Like that doesn't make any sense. What does that, what does it mean? You know? And what the scriptures say conversely is that Jesus died because you were an enemy against God and there had to be a mediator between you two. And instead of this picture of the gospel that people want to preach now that like, that people are like the rebels, like we're the rebels fighting against the evil, the the bad people, and we're fighting against injustice and social injustice and all that stuff. The the true p- picture of the gospel is we are the stormtroopers. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like in in to to point to the Star Wars analogy, we are the the soldiers of the evil one. Yeah. Like that that's that's who we, that's who our identity is. You know, and because of that. Just as in, just when you're watching Star Wars, we deserve to be wiped out. We deserve to be blown up in the Death Star. Blown up in the Death Star, exactly. <laughs> that's 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 who we are, man. You know, and we yeah. deserve that. A- a- another question we could ask is, you know, concerning that punishment that we deserve, um, concerning hell. What are some things that we know about it? Yeah. What are some things that Scripture tells us about it that we know? So we know we can know from Scripture that it's eternal. It's everlasting. The Bible says it's where the fire never dies. And the, the, it'll never eat you away. You're just constantly burning and burning and burning. And it, it makes that very clear. You know, There's no way of escaping it, falling death, so it's not like purgatory. There's nothing in Scripture that supports purgatory. Yep. There's, nothing in, there's nothing really in the Apocrypha either, by the <laughs> way, that supports purgatory. There's really nothing that supports purgatory. It was most likely an idea that just came about just because the thought of this is painful and it yeah. is you know mm-hmm. it's supposed to be yeah mm. yeah yeah so it's eternal it's everlasting with no way of escape um, it's where god sends those who continually rebel against him without repenting right those who repent receive that eternal reward the the group on the right like we mentioned earlier it is torturous obviously mm-hmm. you know yeah. if you're you're burning continually you are you are there's pain all the time, and it's the worst. It's extremely painful and torturous. Scripture says, uh, to sort of give us a fuller picture of that torture, that Jesus says a bunch of times that in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that that image is supposed to scare us a little bit. That image is supposed to kick us in the butt a little bit and say, listen, the people you know in your life that have not repented... This is what awaits them, and this is what awaits you. Yeah. Uh, if you you know if you don't if you don't repent and trust in the Lord Jesus, if you don't <laughs> lay down your your life um, and bow to the King, you know, and give Him the honor He is due, and and recognize the awesome sacrifice He made for you. This is this is what this is what's coming for you. You know, and I think it's loving <laughs> to to sort of give us a fuller picture you know for the scriptures to give us a fuller picture of hell because it it's a it's a great warning you know to get that image in our head it's supposed to move us to action it's we're not just supposed to be like yeah those people can go to hell that's fine you know it's no it's supposed to it's supposed to move us man it really lays it all bare it doesn't hide really anything about what it's going to be 
mm-hmm. unlike with heaven where it's not as clearly you know in in some sense shown and now I feel like it is but that's, we can talk about that later <laughs> but this is very this is clear for anyone mm-hmm. anyone whether you're saved or not this is what hell is yeah it's you know it's very straightforward to the point it's eternal it's everlasting yeah. you're burning mm-hmm. you know and it's extremely painful Sweeping and gnashing of teeth. It's, you're cast into darkness. Yeah. You know, it, and it's where everyone deserves to go. Yeah. Um, so, what, uh, conversely, then, what isn't hell? Like, I, I think I mentioned some common misconceptions about the gospel. I like to bring those up a lot because they're, I think they're important to the conversation. But what are some common mis- misconceptions about hell? Yeah. So one that I hear very often um, from like people who aren't saved is like it's a party, you know. Oh, we can go to hell. We're gonna all party because we're all sinners together. So let's all just like you know, live it up. And yeah, let's just live it up then. Eh, we don't need God. That's when you've gotten I feel like to the state where you don't you don't care at all. They're just like, eh, well, I don't care. They don't care. They're going to hell too. It'll be a fun party. Let's go. You know. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it's not. It's not going to be a party. There's not going to be partying. I mean, I I don't know. But maybe maybe you've tried to party while you're on fire. But I, I guarantee you, it's not fun. I, I think you wouldn't be able to concentrate on the partying. Mm. Um, there's not going to be alcohol there, or you know, there's not going to be pleasure there. That's there's for not sure. going to be pleasure there's there. No pleasure there. You know, you, there's not going to be anything there to have pleasure with. Yeah. There's just fire. And, Outer darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth. That does not sound like anything I party to. Me neither. Yeah. Um, one thing I think is really important, and this just came to mind as you were talking, is like when we're talking about hell, we're talking about God's punishment on evil mankind. And there's there's a common misconception out there. Or there's this there's this common phrase that I think we like to say that has implications on how we view hell. And that's that God hates the sin, but loves the sinner. Is According to the scriptures, is that right? Is it right to say that God hates the sin, but loves the sinner? I mean, because he, he's not only sending the sin to hell. He's not, he's not separating the sin from the sinner and then sending the sin to hell. He's sending the person to hell. Yeah. So... I think having a, a right view of of how God views humanity um, really helps us. Like it's it's I think it's hard for us to wrap our minds around sometimes God's wrath and His anger towards humanity. I know you love sinners in the hands of an angry God. It's a wonderful sermon because it gives us that awesome image of hell and God's judgment. Uh, but when we're talking about hell, we have to keep in mind that before God saves us, before we repent and trust in Jesus and are adopted in the family of God, I think it's okay and right to say that we are condemned before God. And when God looks at us, he doesn't say, oh man, he's condemned, whatever. He says, I'm going to destroy them one day. I'm going to punish them because they deserve it one day. You know. Yeah. Whereas after that repentance has taken place, there was a restoring. There was a restoration of relationship there. Uh, I just thought that was a point that needed to be made. That you know, God hates the sinner, not only the sin. <laughs> um, 
and hence the implications of the sin. Uh, so another common misconception is that it's not a separation from God. You want to speak to that? Yeah. So a lot of times people say, oh, you know, even good preachers, pastors, and you know, will say that hell is separation from God, but that's not that's not what the Scripture says in uh, Revelation fourteen ten through eleven. It'll talk about how it is not separation. So here it's talking about those who worship the beast and everyone who were sent to hell. He will also drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. They have no rest, day or night. These worshipers of the beast and its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name. Here we see a picture of those who were worshiping the beast, those, you know, who were sent to hell first. They were put in the lake of fire first. They are being burned in the presence of the Lamb. They're, they're not being separated from God. When you are, in a sense, sent there, that's when it's like there is no... I think it is, a in a sense, a separation from the love of God and those good attributes. You're no longer being loved by God. You've you've forfeited you've basically forfeited that from him. You know? He reached his hand out to you and you rejected that. You're basically forfeiting that, like what you were saying. It's a bit of both. But you once you've reached this point, yeah, that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And he he has every right to punish you. And you are going to be instead in the wrath of God mm-hmm. for eternity. You're going to be in the presence of his wrath. Yeah. You're going to be under that wrath, the same wrath that Christ had to endure on the cross. Mm-hmm. You're going to be under that heavy wrath and you fully deserving it. Mm. Yeah. So why why is it important for us to talk about this? You know, I think I'm, I'm just like, as we're talking about this, I just have pictures in my mind of people listening to this and just being like, Ugh. like, I just got a bad taste in my mouth. Like, why do you have to bring this stuff up? You know, like... Yeah. Like, we already know. It's already implied in the Bible. You don't have to explicitly state it. And I'm like, I don't think that's the right attitude to have. Why is it good? Why is it important to talk about and uh, discuss and preach as well? Yeah. Hell. Well, I think one thing that's important to remember is that Jesus talked about hell a lot. He brings it up a lot. He uses it to warn people. He's not he's not sugarcoating anything. Mm-hmm. He's telling them, hey, this is what's going to happen to you. Pay attention. You know, what are you doing with your life? Do you not understand where you're going? This is me reaching out to you. You know, in the same sense, when we go and we preach the gospel, we share the gospel with someone, to leave out hell is, I would say, is very wrong. It's messing up the message because it's just like, oh, you know, God is going to let you just go do what you want. The only reason you you should accept Jesus is just because, you know, you get to get all that love and stuff. But most people, they don't, they don't feel like they're necessarily unloved. You know, they have their family, their friends, whatever. You know, it's not just that you're going to miss out on the love. It's that you're going to endure the wrath. Yeah. Yeah. And that's super important. And, you know, I'm, I think the scriptures are clear that we don't want to have a lopsided gospel. You know, yeah. when you're when you leave out the wrath of God, and I know because I've done it countless times, uh, there's no real umph to what you're saying, and there's no real implication or consequence to not obeying Christ. And when you look at the cross of Christ, it doesn't make any sense for Him to go to the cross and take the the punishment for man. 
if there's no punishment to be taken for man in the first place. You know, if hell's not a reality, then why did Jesus go to the cross? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, why did he endure the wrath of God? What's the reason? You know, and that's what I think so many people are missing now. Is And, you know, this isn't to say that in the past, I think, so in the 20th century Christian culture, like cultural Christianity, there is this idea out there now that like those people were wrong. They were so harsh and unloving for preaching hell. And, I, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of legalistic people because of the whole Christian ethic that was widely accepted in America in the 20th century. But that doesn't mean because there were there were a few maybe popular evangelical leaders that didn't show a lot of love. They only talked about judgment, you know, um, that we have to completely omit speaking about judgment now. You know, I think yeah. that that would be wrong to conclude that we just leave out judgment entirely and we just, our Christian witness is based off of our actions in the world or how much we can love people and show them how nice and kind Jesus is, you know, and how gentle he is. You know, obviously we should we should put on full display the gentleness and goodness of Je- the humility of Jesus. But if we do not describe his... J- uh, his judge side of the character that yeah. he has as well, then we're not showing them the right Jesus. We're showing them a Jesus we have fabricated for ourselves. Yeah, and you can think of it this way too: when you're, you're preaching to someone about the gospel, you can imagine like someone heading towards a cliff, you know. And if you just tell them, "Oh, if you go the other way, you know, it'll be nice, it'll be great," you know, but they're like, "No, I'm gonna keep going this way." But if you tell them, "Hey, there's a cliff out there. Don't go that way. You know, it's rocky, it's jaggy, it's this 300 foot." Drop. There's spikes down below. You'll you'll die if you fall down that cliff. Don't go that way. Mm-hmm. Then they'll be a lot more inclined to be like, "Hey, you know what? You're right. You probably should turn around." You know, speak about it as if it's real because it is. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. It's what the truth is. Yeah. And you have to speak on it. You have to share the gospel in a way that presents it as truth. Mm-hmm. And also, if you do not speak on it, you're also taking away from what Christ endured on the cross. And, you know, in reflection of today, Christ had to endure the wrath of God on the cross for the sins of the world. The punishment that Christ had to suffer had to be a one-to-one punishment. Otherwise, he's not a just God. But we know he's a just God, so we know that the punishment that Christ suffered is a one-to-one punishment. Mm -hmm. In other words, he had to fully endure the wrath of God on that cross. How he did that in that three-hour period, we don't know exactly, or just how much it costs. But to me, the only way you'll ever know how much it costs is to spend eternity burning in hell. That's the only way you'd ever know that. And, and so, in that sense, it's because that's what he suffered. Yeah. That's the equivalent of that, the wrath of God on the cross. And so, when you take away from the punishment of sin, you're also taking away from what Christ endured on the cross. Mm. That's so good. And many people, you know, when they listen to this, they will, you know, they might think, oh, well, you know, talking about hell all the time or talking about hell, you and Josh, you talking about hell, you're trying to use fear to control people. No. What you're trying to do is use fear to control people. And really, that's not at all what we're doing. We don't really have any much, we don't really have much to gain by, <laughs> by 
talking about this. Really, we have things no. to lose. I mean, our reputation to. You well, know. we're not telling you to fear us. Yeah, exactly. Don't we're, fear us. Oh, yeah, exactly. Don't fear us. We're not going to send you to hell. Yeah, fear um, the one who can. You know exactly. And he so, can destroy the body and the and the soul in hell. If you really fear him, and then you seek after him to restore that relationship with him, and if he's real, then he will restore that relationship with you, you know, and mm. you'll be able to actually have everlasting life with him, you know, if you yeah. fear him and you come to him. Yeah. If you just fear him because of what we say, or if you fear just the punishment, you know, of what we say. And yeah. The, I mean, what, what that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. If, if he's not real, who cares? We yeah. can't, what I'm saying is we can't control you. There's nothing here to control you with. Mm. You know, you can twist his control you like that's what the Pope did, but he was also saying he was God and that's why he was able to twist it and, Mm. Well, God on earth, in a sense, the Son of God. Mm. And that's why he was able to twist it and be like, oh, if you pay money, you can you can get yourself out of hell. That's obviously not what we're doing here. We're yeah. not here to to control you or make money off of it. Yeah. We just want you to know what the truth is so that you can go out and restore that relationship with him so that you can go to to Christ and to ask him to forgive you. Yeah, yeah that's so good, man. And ultimately, why we preach hell, why we talk about hell, why we talk about the punishment of sin is, one, because the scriptures say it, and the scriptures are explicit about it, but also, you know, in the spirit of Paul, what he's saying in Romans, I think, like, who are you, O oh man, <laughs> to to speak against God? If, God, if God's going to do, God's going to do what he wants to do, and he's especially going to enact justice, and so, who are you, O oh man, to look at the doctrine of hell? displayed in the Bible and say, ah, oh, that's a little distasteful to me, you know, or, or eh, I don't really believe in hell. I'm not going to believe in, I'm going to believe in this version of this version of Jesus that I like, that suits my comfort, that suits my culture. All I can say to that and all the scriptures can say to that is, who are you, oh man, to speak against God and, yeah. and form him in your image that's an evil thing to do and it further demonstrates (laughs) the punishment you deserve on the cross and so therefore come to god and repent come to god and repent in jesus uh and you will not have to face that punishment well i think that's about all we got so next week we're going to be talking about the atoning work of christ on the cross so so far we've talked about the holiness of god yeah talked about the depravity of man Today was the punishment for sin. Yeah, and I'd just like to say, you know, again, because this is Good Friday, dwelling on what the punishment is and how horrible and how intense the wrath of God is, I think is very healthy for today because that's what Christ, like I was saying, that's what Christ had to suffer on the cross. And so understanding that and remembering what he had to suffer as best as we can even imagine it, like I said, this. Even we just can't understand how much it costs. We can't. Mm-hmm. Thinking and dwelling on that and having those visual images of hell in our mind, I think, is so good to see what Christ had to suffer for us. And so Sunday, we're going to be talking about you know the atoning work of Christ. So we'll be doing that on Easter, kind mm-hmm. of going into the full the full story of the gospel, like closing it all together. Mm. Cannot wait for that gonna be good i hope you guys have a wonderful weekend this weekend i hope if you know christ that you celebrate him and you remember the awesome thing that he did for you on on the cross guys um worship him as as he deserves recognizing that um 
he paid the price for your sin and uh, he took the punishment he took the wrath that you deserved that you deserved to take and because of the repentance you placed in him if you have placed it in him you have eternal life and that not only has implications for heaven and your your eternity it also has implications for now recognize that awesome sacrifice and act on it preach the gospel live the gospel y'all um, that's why we created this podcast to yeah. encourage you to do that so josh you want to pray us out yeah father i just thank you for giving us this time to be together lord and i just thank you for allowing us to speak on the punishment that you have set out for the for the devil and for his angels god but that you will you're so good that you will punish all sinful man father we just thank you that you are a just god who will judge and condemn those who do not turn to you god father we just pray that people will see this punishment god that they will see this this punishment that's waiting for them this condemnation god this wrath that's coming for them lord that they would see that and repent and turn away and trust in you god we just pray that that above all that these people would see this so that they would come to you god because that's what we want to see lord father i just pray that as it comes up on good friday lord i just pray that we would just see how how much you had to endure on the cross just a just a portion of how much you had to endure on the cross lord even if we saw that it would it would bring us down to our knees god mm-hmm. in thanks and adoration for how loving and amazing you are that you would be willing to die and take on that wrath of God for us. Father, we we just thank you for sending the Son to die for us. We just praise you and thank you and give you the glory in all things, Lord. I just pray that this podcast would be used for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have any topics you'd like to discuss, be sure to DM us on our Instagram account at Wartime Theology. To praise his name, everybody worships on my blood. No way, got the Jesus music bumping. I ain't hide my face in the shame.